Welcome to episode eight of the Caught Red-Handed podcast, where I interview Harold Shaw, who you may also know as Harold Henna. I first met Harold back in 2007 when I was in Michigan, where I grew up. She and Deepali and I met for a really fun evening of henning each other and hanging out. And since then, we've mostly kept in touch online. I've been following her work here and there. You know, she'd post stuff and we'd talk online. And then one day I noticed from her photos that she was posting that her work got really good. She was already really good and very enthusiastic, but all of a sudden she seemed to move to a new level and I had no idea why. And then I heard through the grapevine that she had studied in India. Earlier this summer she was in town here in New York City to see a friend and we got to meet up for lunch so I grilled her for info about studying with a master mini artist in India. I'd only heard rumors so I didn't really know the whole story. And after the conversation, I asked if she'd talk about it in a podcast interview with me, but she was reluctant, so I didn't push it. And her reluctance lasted for about an hour. I got a Facebook message from her shortly thereafter saying that she decided she wanted to tell her story. So fast forward to now. We finally met on Skype for the interview, and the following conversation is the result. In my henna life, things got quiet again, um, but the timing is pretty good because it feels like fall in New York City, which makes me feel like it's time to work on all that off-season stuff. And for me, the off-season stuff is usually working on my marketing things, um, fixing up the website, making sure that all my social media stuff is in order, and a lot of creative work like working on photo shoots and also practicing my henna skills. And I have mentioned that since I interviewed Debbie, I've been drawing like crazy. I wish I could say that I'm drawing really creative stuff, but I cannot say that. For now, I'm just copying stuff that I like, getting new styles into that design database in my head. And now that I've talked to Harold and looked up the work of her teacher in India, I have a lot of new inspiration that I'm really eager to start studying. I do feel creative ideas bubbling up in me as I draw, and that feels really good. I'm approaching those ideas really cautiously, though, so that I don't startle them and cause them to hide. My ideas are kind of in a weird floating state, and I'm happy just to hang out and see where they land on my page. In addition to the off-season henna stuff, I also have a lot of podcast interviews lined up. Good thing for all of you uh, caught red-handed fans out there. Every time I interview someone, they suggest new people to interview, some who are already on my list and some who aren't. So this list is really, really growing. And it really is pretty amazing to think about how many incredible artists we have in our community. And I can't wait to talk to them all and share them all with you. So let's get right into the conversation with Harold. Her stories about studying in India are so fascinating. Hope you enjoy them as much as I did. So Harold, we just spent a little bit of time 
uh, with you telling me how to pronounce your first name. And I don't know if you know this, but I think we're cousins because we both have henna for our last name. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both from Michigan. Yeah, totally. Although you're not originally from Michigan, so. Well, I think I've lived there the majority of my life, so I think I qualify as oh, being yeah. from Michigan. That is true. And you kind of have a Michigan accent, though, not not like super strong. So. I do. I think you're the first person ever to tell me that. Yeah, you just, you sound like you're from the Midwest. Probably because I, like I just said, I've lived there most of my life, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. My parents both came from, uh, came from Philly, and they had Philly accents, but then after living like 30 years in Michigan, they both had Michigan accents, so it's uh, it's undeniable. <laughs> And here in New York, everybody knows I'm not a New Yorker, so. There's, oh, really? I, yeah, I, would, I can't hide I it. wouldn't know if that makes you feel better. Oh, <laughs> I just have to hear you say, like, cat and back or something, and then I would say, yeah, you're from Michigan. <laughs> so where in India are you from? I'm from Ahmedabad. Where's it's that? It's in Gujarat. It's oh, in okay. Gujarat. It's a few hours north of Mumbai. Oh, Okay. I would have to look that up on a map because I have no idea. But um. <laughs> It's the western part of India. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when did you come to the States? We moved here in 1998, so it was 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And were you already doing henna in India, or were you too young for that? I don't think it was that I was too young for it, but... I had never had to do it myself oh, okay. because there was always somebody around that would do it for me. Really, yeah. my mom used to do it for me. So if you've ever been henna by me or if you've ever been around me while I'm doing henna, I mean, you know, people ask us this all the time. Oh, how did you get into henna? Right. And my response is I've kind of always been into henna. It's just that I was into getting henna. Not oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was one of those people, you you know, who just couldn't have enough. Oh, yeah. I know your type. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm still like that. If, uh, if Probably most artists know me. But it's just that now um, when my mom couldn't do it for me after we moved to the States, I started to just do it on myself because I just wanted henna on myself. And that's pretty much how I got started doing henna. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of people's stories for how they got started doing it. You were saying that your mom hennaed you. At what point did you start doing henna and how did you start? What were your baby steps? To be honest, it wasn't something that I was doing so frequently that I have um, a lot of memories about it. All I really know is that I started doing it. I, I was around pretty much right after we moved here. So I know I was 11 years old. And it was after we had moved here. That's really all I remember. Oh, okay. And we had we had henna cones from India that we had brought here with us. So um, I don't think they had chemicals or anything in them. But cause, and we kept them in the fridge, and that's how we thought they stayed good. Uh, and we got like decent color out of them, but they definitely yeah. didn't, you know, smell like they had any chemicals or anything. Yeah. Maybe the worst thing they had were preservatives i'm yeah, not sure yeah um so that's what you first started henning with yes and i had a lot of books the navneeth books i'm sure you remember because yeah, i know those were. from the olden <laughs> I think, days 
You're right. I think the news don't even know what that is. But oh, you I know. know. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I pretty much just got started, yeah, with stale cones from India and Navneet books. Oh, that's cool. That that brings me back, those Navneet books. Yeah, um, they definitely were a different style of their own. Yeah, definitely. And then all of a sudden things just kind of flipped and changed. So weird. I think it's good though i mean there's so many different styles now i think it's definitely changed for the better oh yeah definitely and you know back then there wasn't there wasn't much internet and so all we knew is the navneet books or you know the few things that we see on other people but it was just uh it was kind of like a wasteland there was so little stuff out there yes that's true and so your mom was she doing henna professionally in india no, no, she never did it professionally. Just I for my, family? Yeah, pretty much just, yeah, recreationally she was doing it. She's a very artistic person in general, so that was just another one of the many things that she did that she was well known for. Oh, okay. So if there was a wedding in the family, did she do the henna for everybody or for the bride? Um. We have, I guess, we haven't had that many weddings in the family. So no, she she never def, she never did bridal henna. Oh, she okay. still doesn't do bridal henna. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's still doing henna in Michigan. She's still doing henna in Michigan, oh, but cool. she just does you know parties and she'll do like sangeets and she'll do the other guests henna, but she doesn't do bridal henna oh, because okay. she's just never practiced enough to be that great at it. And oh, okay. It's really not her dream to ruin somebody's wedding, Hannah. (laughs) Whose dream is that, anyway? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's definitely a lot of newbies who don't really stop to consider that they might be ruining somebody's wedding, Hannah, if they're not really ready to be doing it. But I'm proud to say that my mom has never kind of tried to venture into that because she knows that she doesn't have the patience for it she knows and it's limits. better to let somebody else do that than to try and do that and yeah. not do a good job at it yeah yeah i think you know i jumped into henna really quickly after learning and practicing it and but wedding henna i didn't do that until like maybe seven years of doing henna and even then i was terrified the entire time that i was going to screw something up so wow. um yeah, but and I knew, you know, I knew that it was important for the person that it be good. So it was, um, it was kind of terrifying. So I don't blame your mom at all. <laughs> yeah, so That's I don't blame crazy. her either. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I didn't. Yeah, I was just going to say I don't think I did my first bridal henna either until, I mean, I've been doing henna for fifteen years total. Yeah. But I haven't, I didn't start charging money for it till about six years ago. Oh, wow. So I know my first bridal was at least nine years after I started doing it. Yeah, yeah. So how old were you when I met you in Michigan? Um, I would, I think that was probably 2007. You were still in college, right? Yes, I was still in college because I started my business when I was in undergrad. Yeah. Uh, I think I was about I was like 19 about to turn 20 at the oh, time okay. so I'm pretty sure I was 20 when we met oh okay because that in the 2007 I was 20 years old oh yeah huh. and so you'd been doing henna for like 10 years 11 years no nine years at that point yes just nine years wow amazing and it was purely recreational and mostly only on myself 
I think my yeah. best friend who lived down the street had offered her skin once. And I think, oh, no, actually, that's not true. I did I did go to do Sangeetan a couple of times when I was in high school. Wow. But it was just, I mean, I was in high school and, you know, not really making money wasn't really on my mind at the time. And yeah. So it was just kind of like for fun. My mom and I had gone to somebody's Sangeetan and done it. Oh, that's nice so funny to work with your mom like that that's awesome yeah <laughs> so were you an artistic kid no oh, not really? at all. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think I'm really artistic I why just do you say that really I just really like Mendy and that's kind of it I mean it's just the uh, passion yeah. that drives you yes I think so <laughs> I mean in school I would always I mean, I took, like, more advanced math and science classes, like the typical Indian kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really all that interested in art or, I mean, I took those classes that I had to take, but it wasn't like all my extra classes were filled up with art or anything like that. I just used to do henna and loved that, but it pretty much stopped there for me as far as art went. Uh, Oh, okay. Wow, that's funny. Interesting. So how is the henna scene in Michigan? Like, is it a, is it a good market? Um, I think it's a decent market, but I don't think that you can survive as a full-time henna artist in Michigan. But I think that has more to do with the fact that the weather isn't as allowing as it is in California. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always tell people when they ask me if I'm full-time. Yes. I think the Right. The weather just doesn't allow for it out there. So I did. I mean, I was there. I was in Michigan for a little more than a year as a full-time henna artist, but it definitely wiped out my savings from the day job that I used to have Oh God! while trying to be a full-time henna artist in Michigan. So um, that kind of, I mean, so that's when I kind of had to, you know, decide that I had to move somewhere that I could do henna full-time if I was going to not have a day job to kind of support me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's true in Michigan and, and same in New York, people aren't going to get married in February or even November, or at least not as many. Cause they just can't, you know, they, the weather just isn't good for it. And right. then the people who just get Mendy for fun, I don't know, people here just are all wrapped up most of the winter. So they don't want to really get Mendy. So. Exactly. I mean, that's what I tell people in Michigan because people would ask me, Oh, you know, how, like, how come you don't have more business in December or something? But it's, then I just explain, I'm like, you're usually under five layers of clothes. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. you're not going to pay for Hannah that you can't even show off to anybody at yeah. that point. And I don't really do holiday parties at all here. I, I used to do a few back in the olden days when, you know, it was considered kind of a temporary tattoo, but hardly at all anymore. So it's just a very slow season. Yeah, I think the only kind of business that I had ever in the fall or the winter months was usually more private appointments. Exactly. That's how it is for me, too. Yeah. yeah. So so is that the main reason you moved to California? It's just to, for more henna clients? That is the only reason I moved to California. <laughs> but you have friends there, too. I mean, aren't you friends with the henna artists there? I am friends with all the henna artists out here, which is really wonderful because that is the only way I am surviving in California. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
the bulk of my business right now is through referrals from everybody here. So I'm really grateful for this very friendly community. Yeah. It's such a um, huge community out there. It's amazing. It, it really is. Um, and so many good, good artists too. Yes, definitely. Definitely pushes you to be a better artist yourself because yeah. you're competing with a lot of excellent artists. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's like you it's a better place, there's more business, but there's more competition because of that. Right. Yeah. But it pushes me to do more Hana and to do better Hana, which you know, I mean, is the ultimate reason I moved out here anyway. Exactly. So that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. You're throwing yourself right into the into the ring and ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> So to speak, but yeah, yeah. There is. <laughs> maybe not fight, but yeah, let's, yeah. let's say you jumping into the lake and learning how to swim. Yes. That's yeah. Probably a better... <laughs> <laughs> while you're, while yeah. you're trying to tread water. And since you're from Michigan, the whole lake thing is, is appropriate, <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> but you also do makeup, right? So makeup is something I would say I'm still in the beginning stages of because I'm slowly doing things and I'm still learning a lot and I'm just working with photographers right now uh, and models, I guess, mm -hmm. to kind of build my portfolio because I don't really want to just jump into it. Um, yeah. I mean, I know even makeup is temporary, just like henna, but, you know, with makeup people's pictures get taken yeah. a lot. That's really <laughs> and, important. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I have learned everything I need to at this point as far as knowledge goes, mm -hmm. but I just need more practical experience doing yeah. it. So I, yeah. I'm just working on getting my hands on as many faces as possible right now and just practicing. And Are you getting you know, any gigs for that? Um, Not too many because I'm just trying right now more to, like I said, I'm just trying to get the practice in. I don't want to start charging before yeah. I'm really ready to, yeah. I guess, because I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to what? I just don't want to ruin somebody's wedding day. Well, you know, why are you doing bad makeup for them? Or just yeah, anything. like it's just like with Hannah. I, I don't think I'm ready to be charging yet, so I'm still working on building my portfolio until people think that I am good enough to be getting paid for it, then people will come to me automatically yeah. and do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really responsible of you. I, I know on a lot of the henna boards, we talk a lot about, you know, who's ready to go pro and who can decide if someone's ready and how do you decide for yourself if you're ready to go pro. It's a, it's a tough, tough subject. It is a tough subject. And yeah. I, I think I have been influenced a lot by those discussions on mm -hmm. our boards, as well as there's other makeup groups that I'm on as well on Facebook. So there is like that issue with within that community as well, that, you know, a lot of people are charging that shouldn't necessarily be charging yet. So yeah. I just kind of take the hints from both communities and apply yeah. them. I think in a way it's easier with henna because if you're still learning, you can do cheap henna on somebody, you know, you can sit in a cafe and do $5 henna, or you can, you know, work with a more experienced henna artist and you're not, you're just doing little things. Whereas with makeup, you're putting stuff on somebody's face and everybody looks at faces and it's really hard. You know, even if you're just doing it at a party for fun or something, I don't even know if you could do it that way. 
I think people do probably start off doing it that way where, you know, they just like kind of practice on their friends for fun and post yeah. pictures pretty much just like in Hana. Yeah. But I think the issue I'm running into out here is that I don't know that many people. <laughs> right. So you don't have the friends here. to practice on. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, and, and when I go back to Michigan to visit, I, I'm usually so short on time that I don't really have time to go practice on my friends over there and take exactly. pictures or anything. And here everybody's busy. They're either, either too busy doing henna or they're too busy with their kids or married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit older than me. So yeah, they're just at different stages in their lives. Yeah, Definitely. It's probably also important for you to get different skin types, different skin colors, you know, different shapes and stuff. So you probably have to get a wide variety to practice on. Yeah. So like I said, I've been collaborating with photographers and models for photo shoots. So I am trying to get different kinds of models for each photo shoot. And that way I can also go for different looks. Yeah, exactly. For the photo shoot instead of keep working with the same, you know, same, uh, person or the same face over yeah, and over exactly. yeah. which I think that is harder than henna because with henna you know I mean we all started off with pictures of our own hands mm -hmm. of course <laughs> and it, you know with makeup I think you can't really do that I mean people know, you know exactly. exactly it's like your eyes <laughs> or your face over and over I mean people get tired of looking at that they want yeah. to see something different exactly and they're like yeah you're really good at doing that kind of face but what about you know this freckly girl with curly blonde hair or this person with a big nose that they want to camouflage or something right exactly yeah so that's cool that sounds very exciting you're like uh just out there doing your thing making your way this is the age to do it, I think. Oh, totally, totally. I just, I really admire you. That's such a huge jump. So uh, you and I met like a month ago, two months ago, maybe? Yeah, maybe I was in June, mid-June. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was asking you about your studying um, Mendy in India. And the guy that you studied with, his name is Hiran Dalal? Hiran Dalal. Hiran? Hiran? Hiran. Hiran. H-A-R-A-N? H-A-R-I-N. <laughs> oh, Harin. Okay. Harin Dalal. Okay. Um, so how did you hear about him? I actually hear, heard about him from somebody on hennatribe.com. I really don't remember who it was, but, you know, back in the day when we actually all were on the forums. Yeah. <laughs> and not just on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I cannot remember who had posted a link to his website or why it had come up, but just somebody had posted his website, and I'm sure like anyone else on that forum, I just fell in love with his work. Yeah, his work is just incredible, just yeah. mind-blowing. So actually, the funny thing is now that, you, now that I go back and like look at his website and what's there right now, it doesn't even compare to his current work. Wow. His work is so much better than that in person. I mean, I think just like you're probably better than you were 10 years ago. And I know I'm better yeah, yeah, than I definitely. was 10 years ago. I hope so. He's gotten a lot better as well. And I oh think the photos that are on his website are probably 10 years old. Oh, jeez. And they don't really reflect his current skill level, which 
it just his skill level now just blows my mind. I can't even I, picture that. That's so amazing. It's really kind of I I literally think he's the best Mendy artist in the world. Jeez. And I mean I, you know I know a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are probably going to hate me for saying that, but I really think he's the best an artist in the well, world. I know when I get married, he's gonna be the one doing my bridal henna. Yeah. I mean, I saw the photos on his website. It's hard to find stuff by him. There isn't that much out there. And uh, that just blew me away. And if he's 10 years better than that, that I can't even, I cannot even imagine that. So, um, so how did you, did you, did you know that you wanted to study with a teacher in India or did finding out about him make you want to study with a teacher? So I actually went to India last year, not even with the intention of studying with him, but um, I went to India in 2009 after Mm -hmm. I graduated from college. My family kind of, you know, gave me that trip as a gift. So I had checked with him back then in 2009 to see if he was available to teach me at all or to, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to kind of meet with him or see what I could learn from him in a short period of time. The thing is, um, he lives in a different city than where I live. Fortunately, I do have an aunt that's in the, his city. So I do always end up visiting the city that that guy lives in. Oh, okay. But I was there for so short. I mean, I was in India for five weeks total. But then in that aunt's house, I usually would only spend like a week there if I'm going for five weeks total. Yeah. Which isn't really much time to learn a whole lot. And... Anyway, he actually said that he couldn't meet me at all the time that I went in 2009 because he was going on a family vacation right when I was going to India or going to be in his city. So that just didn't work out. And I was really bummed out about it. But so I just thought I would try again when I decided to go to India last year. Um, I say last year, but it was more like a year and a half ago now. I went in January 2012. But this time... I wanted to make sure that he could fit me into his schedule. So I actually had called him beforehand and I scheduled my trip in India around his. Oh, wow. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that there was no reason, you know, that I couldn't learn from him this time. So I did, um, I did had, I, he was kind of hard to get hold of. And I realized that this is sort of, common in India I mean I feel like there isn't really a big sense of professionalism with most people you kind of have to yeah you you really have to get on people's cases to (laughs) kind of get them to respond to you okay so I had a hard time getting a hold of him and actually having like confirmation that yes we are going to learn or that we are going to meet he's going to teach me and this is how much it's going to cost. And it was kind of hard getting all that worked out with him. But yeah. once I got there and got started, I didn't mind because learning from him was just completely amazing and totally wow. worth all the hassle that I had wow. to go through initially. Yeah. So the first time you went there, did you just want to meet him or did you actually want to study with him that first time? Uh, no, I mean, I had already talked to him beforehand and I had asked, you know, that I'm coming there for this long. Are oh, there okay. any courses that you have that you could teach me in that time frame? And 
how much would it cost? Like how, what kind, you know, like what kind of hours am I looking at per day that will be like learning and things like that. So I had contacted him before that. And I think he, I think we had talked about a one month course and there wasn't really like a time frame decided, but yeah, we just, he's a school teacher. He teaches art um, <laughs> for an elementary school. Wow. So basically I used to just go to his uh, elementary school where he taught as a teacher. <laughs> and he also happens to be the librarian because it's kind of a smaller school and they have like all the teachers that either teach more than one subject or they, I guess in his case, because he only knows art, he doesn't know any of the, mm-hmm. you know, like math or science or social studies, then he teaches, he takes care of the library for mm-hmm. the school instead. So I used to just meet him in the library at the school and <laughs> pretty much he would kind of show me something and that would be like my homework and what I just practiced the rest of the, for the day there. And he would go teach his classes and come back and check up on me and then could just kind of go back and forth. Yeah. His, teaching the other kids their art and teaching me the MD. (laughs) So just to take you off track for a second, I want to go back to that, but how much were the classes? How much was the one month course? You know, I don't think I want to mention because I think he has changed his prices. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Um, I just, I know another Hannah artist in India, like she had contacted me about something and I told her she should take classes with him if she can even though she doesn't live in the same part of India Uh you know I just highly recommend his classes so I was telling her she should go and then the she said it was too expensive so I asked her how much he said and it was like twice as much as what he had charged me oh wow and that was for a week and I studied with him for four weeks wow so I, okay. I I think his pricing might have changed. I'm not sure. So I don't want to say anything and get anyone in trouble. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I understand. Uh, all right. So I will, I guess I can say I paid about the price that I would for a henna conference. Probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. That sounds pretty fair to study with a master. Like that sounds actually pretty cheap so it was very it's cheap incredible. It, I mean it's very reasonable and I would say it was more than worth it yeah. <laughs> I mean anybody that like followed my work can see the difference oh yeah definitely my after my trip to India my work is just improved by leaps and bounds wow so it was definitely a very good investment definitely yeah. I would go back and learn more with them because I mean I learned a lot um, but I, I learned a lot, but I didn't master everything I wanted to, if that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When he would give you homework, what was the homework? Just drawing. Drawing what? <laughs> like drawing your own stuff? Or were you copying? Were you drawing just one shape over and over again? Sometimes I was just drawing one shape over and over. But I, I mean, I went specifically to study faces and figures with him. Mm-hmm. You know, not henna in general. Like, I think I had yeah. a good base for that before I went there. Um, so more specifically, I wanted to learn how to draw faces and figures and make them proportional and mm-hmm. actually look human and not alien. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the main goal for me. So, yeah, he usually would just draw a face or a figure for me and kind of do it step by step for me and then have me just 
keep going till I could do a decent enough job that he was happy with. Yeah. A lot of times I was happy with it and he would just say, nope, that's not good enough. Uh, so, <laughs> which I, I think for me, that was really hard to hear, which yeah. and also what made him a really good teacher, because I think, um, you, you know that, and I think we've talked about this kind of being an issue in the Hana community right now that people get, give you a lot of praise. Yep. So, you know, you might not be that good, but other people think you are. So then maybe you don't feel the need to kind of push yourself to go yeah. farther. Yeah. And I might have maybe reached that plateau before I went to India. And then suddenly there was this guy telling me what I was doing was not good enough. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that could be so hard. Ugh. So, that was really a kick in the butt for me oh, to totally, you know, but I, I'm really not nowhere as good as I think I am. And I need to be a lot better than this. So, yeah. yeah. And you can either take that and run with it and use it to motivate you. Or you can like go home and cry and give up on Hannah and say stupid jerk. There actually was a day that I go, home and home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it, it would, you know, that was actually a misunderstanding because there was one place that, um, Actually, it was like a it was a gig. Basically, it was a henna gig where he and then there was like a team of ten other artists. Um, everybody was there. Everybody was supposed to be getting peacock henna because that was the theme mm. at that sangeet. That yeah. that was right. Maybe of the whole wedding, I'm not sure, but everyone got was getting peacock henna and just different types of peacocks. And he had, I think, initially there were like eight other artists helping him, and then there was just so many people. He called like two other people to help from somewhere else, like the other side of the city, while I was right there. And I was just so sad. I'm like, oh my god, he thinks my work. He thinks my work is so bad that he called these other people <laughs> from the other side of the city instead of just having me help. Oh god. And I'm right here, so I did go home and cry that day, but. It turned out he actually just was trying to protect me from the people over there, like emotionally protect me because they were kind of mean. <laughs> oh, the clients, you mean? The clients, yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, I mean, nice. he just was kind of like taking it easy on me, but I mistook that as rejection. Oh my God, he thinks I suck. So. <laughs> God, yeah. But then he followed it up with like asking me if I wanted to tag team a bride with him. Oh later in the God. week, I was like, okay, he really doesn't think I'm that bad. Ugh, oh my God. That sounds but very I, I emotional. I did cry that day and definitely freaked my cousins out because yeah. I went home and started crying while they were watching cricket. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're like, why are you crying? And I'm like, no, no, nothing happened. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, why are you crying over Mendy? Well, they didn't even know why I was crying. Oh, oh, okay. I kind of came back home and then started to eat lunch and then I just started crying and they weren't oh, sure why. Oh God. That's so yeah. terrible. Yeah. But, it's, it's funny what you say about, you know, the praise we get online. And also when you had a client's like there are days when I just know I'm not on and I'm not doing my best work and still they're like, Oh my God, you're amazing. You're doing this all freehand. I can't believe it. And I'm like, ugh, I don't feel good about it, but they're just, you know, they've never seen it before. So they think it's like miraculous and talent right. and whatever. 
So. You learn to smile and nod. Yeah, exactly. You know, not happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just recently put something up on the artist critique board to get it get it critiqued. And I was like, oh, I can handle. It. I've been doing Hannah for fifteen years, and you know, criticism is always good for growth. And still, it was like, ouch, ouch, oh crap! Why did I do this? <laughs> but in the end, it's for the best. I got to remember that. Right. So was he? Um, did was he able to give you constructive criticism when he? Yes. Teach you? Yes. Definitely. It, you know, it was never like he was just ripping me apart for no reason or anything like that. It was definitely very constructive criticism. Um, you know, I, I think it's constructive and it's something that you can learn from, which mm -hmm. it definitely was with him. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing that he kept telling me, which I think I felt offended by because he kept telling me that my work wasn't intricate enough. <sighs> and I kind of <laughs> prided myself before going to India yeah. on having very intricate work. Yeah. So that was definitely kind of like a slap in the face for me. Yeah. The first time I heard that. And like, but because that's the literally, one thing. Yeah, because literally nobody in my entire life had ever told me that my work was not intricate <laughs> or intricate enough. Yeah. I mean, that was a really big slap in the face for me. Wow. <laughs> but then I'm the kind of person that'll kind of really take that to heart and then work to prove that somebody wrong so then I it really worked for me as a motivator yeah that's good yeah you definitely have to have the ego to to put up with the negative comments and turn it into something good it's not it's not easy yeah and I mean I think I had I kept in mind that he wasn't telling me that to put me down as much right. as to tell me what was going to improve my work. Yeah. And that was the whole reason I was there in the first place exactly. was to improve my work. Yeah. So you spend all the money on your ticket, you might as well get your money's worth and learn, grow. Right. Yeah. So do you know how he started doing henna? Uh I I don't know how he started. I think he always has been artistic and I think that's how he wound up as an arts teacher as well. Yeah. Um but and I know he did his first bridal when he was thirteen years old. No way. Way. <laughs> oh my god. But how old I, is he I, now? He he's um wait, 77. I think he's 36. Yeah, his birthday just passed too. So oh, he's 36 so he's now because guy. he's the same age as my cousin <laughs> that lives there. Wow. So, yeah. so he's a relatively young guy. I'm picturing like this old stooped man with gray hair and you know, and he's like some wise old man. But no. if he started at 13, I mean, he's been doing henna for a long time. He has been doing henna for a very long time. Almost wow. as long as I've been alive. Yeah, I know. That's incredible. I, I kept having to tell myself that to make me feel better when I was like, you know, witnessing him work. Um, yeah. That he's got a lot of years on me, even though he's not that much older than me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're doing your first bridal at 13, that's just... That's amazing. Yeah, he's he's really amazing. But and like I said, his work has even improved more since you know, even since his book. I mean, he does have one book that he has published and um it's I I mean, I sell the book. I think I am actually the only person in the US that does have that book to sell. Um I think the only other way to buy it from him or is to the only other way to buy it is to buy it from him directly in India. Huh. And even within India, he's like very kind of 
controlling about who can sell it or who can buy it from him because people go and like other people within the city that are basically his competitors will go to his clients and say, um, I can do this for you for cheaper. (laughs) So he's kind of very tight about who he sells the books, uh, his own books to. Oh God. So it's the same there as it is here. Yes. Oh, I don't know. I think it's, maybe more catty over there than oh, yeah well, I guess that comes from all the competition and I don't know all the people that 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 do Mendy and or think they can do Mendy yeah so I always thought that Mendy was a women's art is that like a new thing that men are doing henna there or is it or has it always have there always been men in that field I really can't tell you. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was 11 when I moved here. True, true. Um, and I, you know, I always lived in the cities. So, like, I didn't really see a whole lot of that. Um, I think, yeah, I'm really not sure. I know now when you go back to India, like, there's all these big shopping malls. And yeah. uh, there's there's guys usually outside of those shopping malls who are stationed there to just do henna and they charge, you know, I see that in the photos. I see that. I see photos of that all the time. Yeah. And they usually have, you know, stolen pictures of our work. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, they are usually, most of them are pretty decent, but yeah, I don't think 15 years ago when I moved, I mean, if there were a lot of guys doing henna back then, I don't know where they were. Yeah. I didn't see them. I have yeah. no clue. So it must be a kind of new thing. Yeah, it's interesting. So you also worked with other artists when you were there, like other henna artists that worked for him or were his students or both? Yeah. Yes and yes. Uh, basically, it was his team of henna artists. And then he only obviously hires people that he trained himself because oh, okay. he knows he can rely on their work and... Um, like I said earlier, when they do brides, he does tag team the brides. He doesn't do the whole bride by himself. And that is why, you know, our level of intricate is different than his level of intricate. Because, yeah. I mean, I think I did witness them doing a bride's henna from start to finish. Well, I wasn't watching the whole time because I had to do henna on the guest yeah. movie. But it did, I think it took him a good six or seven hours. And that was between three artists. There was, um, he was working on the right arm. The other artist was working on the left arm and someone else was working on the feet and it still takes them, you know, six or seven hours. So it is a whole new level of intricacy, but it also, you know, it takes that much more effort. So, I mean, if one of us was to try and do it, we would literally spend all day doing that. Yeah. Trying to figure out the logistics of that. So, when he is doing one hand and the other artist is doing the other hand, how does the other artist make it match? Are they both copying from a book or? No. So actually he usually does the outlines Uh beforehand and then the other artist is just kind of going over that. So it's, and it's usually not like it's matching exactly because you know, the fills might be different and that sort of thing. But Yeah. yeah, he does the, basic outlines even that party that i was talking about before with the peacock theme uh-huh um he actually was doing all the outlines of the peacocks on all the guests and then the other artists were basically just going in you know filling in the details and doing the thicker outlines oh that's so weird yeah <laughs> i can't even <laughs> picture that it's so crazy 
I mean, that is actually how everybody does it, though. In India, it's usually there is like a main artist, and that's the person who does the main shapes and, oh, all, wow. you know, it, they kind of sketch it out beforehand. So they they're kind of like the architect, and they put down the blueprint, and then the the construction workers come in and fill in all the and, walls and the yeah, that, yeah, floors. that's how it works. Wow, that's <laughs> so trippy, huh? <laughs> that's how it's been done in India for years. I mean, oh, even so I remember when I went to my cousin's wedding in 2000, um, I think it was like December, 2004 or five. Mm-hmm. That's how they did it back then too. Wow. And have you ever seen anyone do it like that here? No, or- I, I mean, I think because we're all like freelancers and we all do our own thing. So no, I haven't really. Yeah seen that here no I don't think so wow I can't even imagine that I don't know I think we're more egoistic about (laughs) about our art here like this is my creation don't I don't want anybody else involved in my creation right I once was doing henna I was hired to do the guests and she had hired two Indian henna artists to do the bride I remember the story yeah I'm not going to go into it because it's a little weird um but one artist was using one kind of henna it was the instant kind and then the other Mm -hmm. henna artist was using like a um regular henna but I don't know if she made it or she bought it someplace and they were doing completely different designs one of them had like a really tiny hole in her cone and the other one had a had a bigger hole in her cone and they were doing completely different style designs one was thin one was thick and I don't know, it was very weird to me. So that's what mm. I picture when I think of multiple artists doing one one bride is just like complete disconnect from one side to the other. Well, you have to remember with her and Dalal that uh, they are all trained by him. Exactly. And they do all use the same henna because he they use the henna that he provides. Oh, okay. And then he's also trained them and he know, he knows that they're good enough and he's not going to use people who aren't good enough. Exactly. Or I think if there are other people, they have to come with a very strong recommendation from other artists that he trusts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's really nice, but he's not playing around when it comes to his business. Yeah, definitely not. And how much does all of that cost? So his, like his bridal... Mendy, I, I think it ranges from fifteen to forty thousand rupees. And what is that in dollars? Um, it's about three hundred to eight hundred dollars. And so eight hundred would be that three people doing six or seven hours of work. I'm not really sure because I mean I didn't ask him like, yeah. oh, how much did you charge for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think I did ask um, his, yeah, like how much it would cost to hire him. And I think that's the answer he had given me is that his money basically ranges from 15 to 40,000. But then, yeah, again, that is, I know that does get split up, like between the artists. It's not like per each person that's doing it. That would be very expensive. Yeah. Um, Even, I mean, I know 15 to 40,000 is definitely. It's really not. It's a very high end. Yeah, like, but, that's... yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of dollars here for that much work. I I don't know. You couldn't pay me enough to do that much intricate work. 
<laughs> yeah, but in India, it is like fifteen thousand is probably like an average one month salary for the average. Yeah. yeah. So that you know, when you think about it like that, like oh, that's a whole a month huge, of salary. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge <laughs> investment. Yeah, that's a lot, and that's wow. that's like the lower end of his henna that packages that he offers. So. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, I don't know if I'd be willing to part with one month's salary to have him henna me, but, um, yeah, he's pretty amazing. He definitely deserves it. Yeah. Well, one month of salary in India, probably not yours here. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just thinking like the, like, would I be willing to spend the equivalent of one month? Well, of and I think, but, um, he does kind of position himself as a high-end henna artist. So yeah. the people that are hiring him usually are not so concerned. Exactly. Money. And yeah, and, and that's not their he, monthly salary. <laughs> right. And he does kind of get, you know, asked to travel all over India to do other people's henna. I mean, the bride that he was asking me to tag team, she was somewhere in northern India. It wasn't even like the same state oh, or the neighboring state. It oh, my like, God. An entirely different state. And I actually did travel with him to one gig. Um, the one where I'm saying it did take the bride, like the bridal henna took six, seven hours. Um, and we were all doing the guests. We had actually traveled to Rajasthan for that. So we oh took an God. overnight train to get there. We got there around seven in the morning and then basically did henna on people for like eight hours. And then we took oh, the train back. Cow. Oh my God. I'm so, so it spoiled. <laughs> it was an adventure. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. God, that's like boot camp, huh? Yeah. And, and, you know, that was definitely, I mean, we think we have it hard here. Some, with some gigs, like oh, yeah. that, that gig was a real eye opener. And that's Holy actually cow. why the next, that Peacock theme party, then he didn't want me working because I was so shaken up. Yeah. Of that gig it wasn't really too bad it's just that uh, I mean there were people who didn't want to wait in line so I kind of got caught up uh, or there were like two people basically who were fighting over <laughs> me to like henna them and I was like I don't know who to henna oh god I'm like can you just wait like you'll both get your turn but they just oh, weren't really willing to wait and then oh, the grandma of the bride was like really crazy and she kept kind of talking down about us in front of us that Ugh. they paid for us to come in from out of town but like all of our work wasn't even as good as her and the law's work was and you know what was the point of paying us to go out there if our work isn't as good as him but he was a little busy doing henna on the bride so she yeah. just had to get her from us and oh, I you know I like started it and then I gave up and let his wife, her and Dala's wife also does henna. Oh, my God. She's part of the team. <laughs> so then she kind of did some of the grandma's henna. And then I don't know, maybe it was like the back of the hands or the other hand or something. Like, I tried to switch out and like, but a few hours later, somehow I ended up back with the grandma and Ugh. I had to do her other hand and. By that time, she was complaining about her and the last wife and about how bad her henna was. Oh but then it was like, at least yours isn't as bad as hers. Oh, <laughs> oh like, God. That's his wife you're talking about. Oh, jeez. You know, I've experienced some of that when I do... Um when I do henna at the party, whether I'm doing the bride or the guests. And, and I always think it's just like that one person who's like that, but it seems like it's... um. No, but it, it really was just... Oh, oh okay 
Right. She was crazy. And then the other two people, like, they just, neither of them wanted to wait to get their henna. But, yeah. I, I mean, everyone else was really nice. And oh, okay. So it wasn't it was, too bad. Yeah. I was just really shaken up from the grandma being like, we paid for you to come all the way and you're not even doing very intricate work. And I'm like, this is not as intricate as I can do. I don't know what you want. Oh my God. I mean, Ugh, wow. I feel so um, spoiled listening to that. I can't even imagine doing all that. Yeah. But then that's why the next time her in the law was like, you know, it's the same, like it was the same uh, group of people, like, or not same group of people, like the same, um, they were from the same state. Yeah. So he's like, those people are just like that. They're very particular about their Mendy. And so that's why he was just like, you don't do anything today. You just relax and like watch and learn. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're scarred from battle. Yeah. (laughs) Except that I was scarred anyway because I went home and cried. Yeah, exactly. Hirundalal doesn't think I'm worthy. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I think I remember having like saying those exact words in my head. Oh my god. But... You're kind of in a unique position being Indian from India but growing up in the States and I wonder what your thoughts are about the difference I don't know how to say it. Like maybe in terms of how Indians who live here see henna and how how they see it back in India. Like what is, what it, what do you think is the difference in that sense? I don't think there is a big difference. I think whether it's Indians here or there, they just kind of look at it as something that needs to be done. It's just like another ceremony or another, one of the rituals that has to be completed for the wedding. And I don't think they value it much more than that, I want to say. like Yeah. Like, it's you know, just it's a very, ritual. Yeah. Like, it's very rare that, I mean, I don't know about your experience, but I know for when uh, my mom and I do festivals, it's very rare that an Indian person will come and pay us, you know, $20 to get an Arabic yeah. strip done. Yeah. Because they get it for free so often at these weddings that, you know, they just yeah, are not going to pay for it until it's their turn. And, you know, unless they're the ones having that wedding in their household. And that's about the only time that they end up paying oh, for yeah. it. Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. In India, is it considered kind of like a old fashioned thing or a country thing? Like do people from the city kind of look down their nose at henna? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think that's because there are so like I feel like people are more social in India so it's like people have weddings and like parties and things like that to attend all the time and as a result they end up getting henna a lot more frequently so you know I don't think it's something that's like looked down upon or or considered very like a village thing or a country thing because you know if you're going to attend a wedding you get henna like that's pretty standard. So, so then, regardless of the class of the people getting married, there's always going to be henna. Yeah. 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 Is, does Unless it, they're driving home or something, which yeah. usually like the dads will drive them home. So yeah. that's not an issue. And is there any kind of, 
prohibition against getting your feet done if you're not married? No, uh, no, actually. So that's another experience that I had working with her in the law. The last gig that I did with him, um, you, again, that was like where he and the other two artists, they were doing the bride and the rest of us were doing Hannah and the guests. Mm -hmm. And pretty much all the guests got their feet done as well. And I know for me, that was like a huge cultural shock. That's because so weird. When I lived in India, nobody except the bride got their henna, um, got their feet done. Yeah. Nobody except the bride got their feet done. That's but... how it is in Morocco, too. Yeah. And, and I that's... heard that about India as well. I wasn't sure. And, I mean, that's how it used to be, I know. And that's what I remembered. Even when my cousin got married in 2004 or five, whatever, you know, when I <laughs> went that year. The bride was the only person who had any henna on her feet. And that's the same city that her and the Lal is in. Huh. So, but I know I was on the groom side of the family. So I don't know if maybe people on the bride side of the family got more henna than that. I know her sister got a lot. Um, huh. But I, I, I'm not sure about anybody else. And at this wedding that I did henna at, I mean... Seriously, everybody, I think, got their feet done. Maybe a couple of people didn't get their feet done. Wow. But everybody else pretty much got, like, bridal henna, you know, arms, front, back, and feet. And it was, like, wow. done. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was definitely, like, an eye-opener for me. I'm like, oh, my God, people's obsession in henna, I feel like, has grown more in yeah. India. Wow, that's incredible. Because even even bridal henna in India now, I mean, most people get it like all the way up to their sleeves, you know. Yeah, I know. I see the photos. I'm always pouring over photos online and it's just like all the way up to the knees, all the way around, way past the elbows. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. But I'll probably be that bright so I can't complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is I'll have like three or four people probably working on me. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh my God, that's so incredible. And I have a question for you. I'm sure you hear this a lot. Um, and I I hear it so many times. I'll be henning the bride and some aunt or, or grandma in the background will say, oh, just wrap it up in saran wrap. Oh, my now, God. Now, do they actually ever do that? And does it actually ever work? I Because I'm always like, once the auntie or the grandma's gone, I just tell the bride, I'm like, do not put san saran wrap on. It's going to make your henna melt. But I wonder where that idea came from. Uh, I have no idea where the idea came from. I, it's not something I ever did as a kid. You know, yeah. like I told you, I've been getting henna my whole life. Yeah. And that's never something that I did. I'm really not sure where that idea comes from. And you're nice that you wait till the grandma or auntie <laughs> leaves. Because I just say it in front of them. I'm like, nope, that's not what you do. <laughs> and then, I mean, it really gets their attention. And I yeah. feel like it's better to correct them than to let them spread that wrong information to yeah. other brides. I just feel weird as a white girl, like, let me tell you about what you do. <laughs> so I just tell it to the bride because she'll be more open to it. But I don't know. I feel like the auntie's just going to be like, yeah, I don't want to hear that yeah. from you, sweetie. Hopefully they look past the white girl part and into the fact that you're clearly a henna expert if they're paying you to be there to do henna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they I really should you know, kind of, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't have that factor to take into consideration, yeah. but I just correct them on the spot, but that's my personality anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll say it, but it kind of depends. Like 
I don't know. I I get um, unnerved by the grannies, the Indian grannies, because I feel like I have to give them respect. And so if they're like, I want both sides of both hands, I'm like, all right, whatever you say, even though I don't have time to do it, I just like cave into them. So I feel bad, like, you know, saying, no, don't use saran wrap. So I'll, at least if the bride understands and I explain to her why she shouldn't, she'll, you know, as long as she follows the instructions, then maybe she can tell her granny later. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> I need to study with you, learn how to speak up for myself. <laughs> you could teach yeah, a class in I'm... managing grannies. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm usually, I don't know. I think I usually just get grandmas who are just kind of really sweet, except for that one nightmare grandma in yeah, India that I, yeah, just that I think, one. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the only bad one that I've ever really encountered. I oh, can't think of bad. any negative experiences. Some aunties I know are like, oh, do this, do that. And I just say, no, that's not what you do. And then I usually hand the, uh, my, you know, the bride the instructions then so that she can read what my instructions are versus whatever other people are telling yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, because you do hear all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh. And I think, I mean, that, that's a good time then to kind of hand them the card and then just say that, oh, you know, this is all the, this is the instructions that all my brides follow and you've seen the pictures that you get from my stains and this if is you the follow these day. instructions yeah. exactly yeah. so i think that's a good way to kind of reinforce that your instructions are the ones to follow exactly. and not what everyone else is telling them I'm just really fascinated with i just wonder where where this idea of saran wrap came from and if it ever worked because all i can picture is the henna melting and it just becoming like a big brown smear all over the hand but yeah, I'm not sure. That's yeah. not something that um, any of my relatives or that we practiced. Yeah, interesting. God, but so I know pervasive. my mom's henna does get like that all the time. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, I know, like, for me, I usually just do it and I go to sleep. I don't even seal it or anything like yeah, that. But yeah. my body's trained itself over the years to just kind of, I, I wake up and I swear to God, my henna is perfect. Like, not a wow. crumb has fallen off. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I, but, you know, after getting head off for 26 years, I think my body has just kind of trained itself to to sleep like that yeah. so that it doesn't disturb the henna. That's what Nick says. He says he just puts his hand on his stomach and goes to sleep, and then he wakes up like that. Like how His hand on his that? stomach? Yeah. Oh. He just lies no, on his usually, back with his hand on his stomach. I just usually let it hang off the bed. Oh, that's a good idea. I have to tell my brides to sleep on a really narrow bed and hang each hand and foot off either side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm usually do only I usually only have one hand done, so it's easier. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you're saying that you feel like henna is changing in India and it's becoming like more popular, or just that people want more henna? I think that is the trend. Yeah, I think that's the trend. Um, I know even like. I have obviously like relatives and family friends and things like that in India. And I know some of the girls, they're just like obsessed with it. And if they can't make it to the Mendy party themselves for whatever wedding they're going to attend, then, you know, they'll go to one of those shopping malls and get it done by the guys out there. I'm getting a lot of clients like that too. They come to me because they're going to a wedding, but they can't make it to the party. Yeah. Yeah. That happens too. I know even when I was in Michigan last week, 
um, we had a family from from New Jersey who was going to a wedding in Chicago. Oh. And they were driving there, so they actually stopped in Ohio, and we just met them. Like we like kind of went to the casino, gambled a little, had dinner, and then we did henna on you know that auntie and her daughter, and then they went on their way to the wedding. So they didn't make it to the Mendy night for the wedding, but we did their henna for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's perfect, though. Yeah. Do you see any trends in bridal henna in America? Like, what have you noticed since you started doing bridal henna? I think the faces and figures, is that's becoming more popular. I don't think that's prevalent just in American brides, though. I think, like, in general, yeah, we're seeing, like, more faces and figures and things like that being done in henna, which was another reason that I really wanted to learn how to be really good at that. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, no, I can't really say. I mean, I think people are kind of shifting gears towards the henna that has a little bit of negative space so you can actually see yeah I know I know it's such a relief blurring together for me I think just because since I grew up with that you know that traditional Indian where more is more I still love that mindset yeah definitely for my henna personally yeah I definitely noticed that people seem more willing to pay for henna. You know, when I first started doing bridal henna, it was constant phone calls of them asking me if I could do it cheaper and why am I so expensive and can you give me a deal? And I hardly get that. I'm going to knock on wood. Um, I hardly get that anymore. Do you, do you still get people trying to um, negotiate prices with you and get it cheaper? I do still get that, but I think that's... Um... I think I'm seeing more of that now that I'm in California. And like we were saying before, there's so much more competition. Oh, yeah, that's true. So although you must have a lot of competition too in New Jersey. Um, you know, I was, I was just talking about that with somebody the other day. And I said, and I, it, I suddenly realized that I'm not really getting gigs in Jersey anymore because there are tons of, uh, of new artists in New Jersey and that Indian community is really growing. So I think they're just picking up all the New Jersey gigs and I'm getting all the, um, like the, all the New York city stuff and long Island. Um, but yeah, I, so I guess, you know, they are my competition, but, um, they're not really competing with me so much in the city, just in New Jersey, but I don't, I don't even remember the last time I did a gig in Jersey. It's been like a year or two. I don't know. But that's fine because that's a little bit harder for me to get to since I'm in Brooklyn. But um, right, and actually, um, the last two years have been West Indian brides, like mostly Guyanese and Trinidadian. Oh wow! So I guess we have a lot of those, and that's been that's been a huge part of my business. I think this year it was like eighty percent of my brides were from from Guyana. Oh wow! So. Yeah, because I think the um, the Guyanese are mostly in in New York City, like Brooklyn or Queens, and then I don't know who, um, what the Indians are who are in Jersey, but I think they're more from a lot of Gujaratis in Jersey. Oh, really? <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and they're um, you know it's mostly Indians from India or Pakistanis or whatever from Pakistan. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. it's um, it's, I don't know. I'm just but... seeing different different movements in the business it's very interesting yeah I think yeah in Michigan I haven't been 
I hadn't really had people like questioning my rate so much anymore for the most part. Yeah. I mean, even yeah, at a hundred dollars an hour, I mean, people were. I think when they heard that like I can do fifteen designs in an hour. Or yeah. $100 an hour, they're like, oh, okay, that's not bad. That's worth it, yeah. And yeah. I get fewer people ask me for the hand rate. I, I used to hate that. And I would talk people out of charging by the hand. I'm like, You're yeah, a better deal I, I you do still have that. Oh, really? Yeah, I still get that. Oh, I haven't gotten and that. And I think even especially more so here in California because there are some, some big-name artists that I think do allow charging per hand. Oh, okay. So I think people still are kind of, you know, they're You're used to that. They think that people you can still hire people that way because there are people you can hire here that way. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you do it by hand ever? No, I just say no. I mean, I mean, I think the only exceptions are like the big festivals, like after Eid, you know, the Chandrat or yeah, uh, that makes not sense. after before Eid. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just for like Chandrat or Kodwachat and things like that. But other than that, no, I stick to my hourly rate. Yeah. Um. I usually try to, you know, get more in on the bridal henna anyway. And then if they want somebody that charges by hand or even, I guess, out here, like, there's a, some people ask that you collect money from their guests. Ugh. Yeah, that was my feeling. It's so it. awkward. Uh, exactly. So, I, I mean, I just, I'm not really comfortable doing that. So, I just said no, but I'll find someone who is comfortable doing that. Yeah. And yeah. just have it that way I mean I still try to make them I you know hopefully the client is still happy because they're getting what they want but I don't have to do what I don't want to yeah exactly so everyone's happy (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like the competition here is um is charging more than they used to so when people shop around they realize there's there's not really that much differentiation in price like I think the woman that used to thread my eyebrows was charging 70 an hour and at that time I was charging 100 an hour so if somebody's gonna you know if they want to shop around they're not going to get that you know bargain basement price of like you know full bridal Mindy for $50 anymore it's just never going to happen again right so and neither should it (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so uh, so what do you think the future of henna is in the United States or in the West, let's say. I don't know. Or, <laughs> I think it's, it's just, it's changing so fast right now. It's even so different from what it was like six years ago when I started um, doing it professionally. And that was when I, you know, got into this online world and community. Yeah. I really just don't know how it's going to change. What do you wish henna would be like in the States or in the West? I don't really find myself wishing for it to be like anything because I think I'm happy with how it is <laughs> right now. I don't know. Yeah. Should I not be content with something? No, no, no. I'm just curious. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you just no. have like a Zen attitude. It is what it is and you're happy with it and yeah. you're going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think things are fine the way that they are. I, um, I guess the only thing that I would eliminate is I, I really do hate when people keep saying henna tattoos. Like <gasps> Thank, that. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Even I think when I flew back from Michigan yesterday and the kid next to me on the plane is like, oh, you do henna tattoos. That's so cool. I'm like, I do henna. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's <laughs> then, an uphill battle. 
no and then to make it worse and then he's like so what kind of ink is that i'm like oh god like Hannah, i just Hannah. hate that i hate that i know me too kind of ink is it? so i guess i do wish there was more um more knowledge like general public i wish they knew that henna is not a tattoo and it's not an ink it's like a natural dye and yeah just all that stuff and what's it what it's made out of the general questions that you know yeah, everybody exactly. asks yeah, I would like not to be ha- not to have to answer those at every single gig. Yeah. It's getting better though. It's better than it used to be. You know, when we first started doing it, it is. And my like favorite is when at festivals, like other people answer those questions for you. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll often joke. I'm like, oh, you can come work for our booth. You know how to answer all these questions. Yeah, exactly. Correctly. Oh my god, yeah. And then I just say it in a robot voice, like, oh, how did you get started doing that? Well, I used to live in Morocco, and I just like yeah. reel off my little my little spiel. Oh yeah. And then and then they're like, oh, I guess you get these questions a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I recently did a bride out here who, um, I know like each bridesmaid that I did had on them, like the exact same questions they were all asking me. <laughs> and because yeah. it was too loud, of course, for any of them to hear oh. me when I was talking before. Yeah. And then there was one bridesmaid who just like kept hearing all these. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You already answered this like a zillion times today, didn't you? I'm like, yep. And yeah. then she kept trying to ask me other questions that she thought I hadn't already answered today. And then she's like, but did someone ask you that already today? I'm like, yep. <laughs> At least like, she's trying to be creative. She was trying so hard, and I was like, "Don't worry about it. It's okay. This happens everywhere. I'm really used to it now." Yeah, yeah maybe you know. I have a an aftercare sheet, and it's two sided, and one is like fun facts about henna, and then the other side is aftercare instructions. But I'm thinking maybe it shouldn't be fun facts. It should just be the answers to all of those questions, like how did you get started, and how long have you been doing this. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Too bad yeah. I just ordered some aftercare sheets. Yeah, and me too. I didn't think to put that on the other side. <laughs> yeah, me too. But yeah, I mean, I see how far it's come in 15 years. And, you know, I, I used to have to deal with people asking me, you know, does it hurt? And what colors does it come in? And those kind of questions have finally died out. But yeah, there's still some that persist. You must. Yeah, we have, okay. Right, lucky you. I still get those questions. <laughs> for real? Yeah, for real. Ugh, that's terrible. I guess New York City's more happening <laughs> than um, here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's changed a lot. I I remember I mean, I've done I've done parties, you know, since I started doing henna, and now when I do parties, like let's say I'm doing a party for 10-year-old girls and if I ask you know if they've ever had henna done before most of them have oh yeah which is I mean that's like a huge step forward when I first started most people had never had it unless they were from a henna culture already right or and now it's like you know little white girls like oh there's this Yemeni girl in my class and she did it for us one year or you know my friend, my best friend is Indian and her mom did it for me. So yeah. it's getting there. Hmm. Most of my answers, because we would ask this, um, you know, we, my mom and I ask this question when we do it for festivals. And, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, I think the most common answer we heard was that they bought a kit from Michael's and tried to do it on themselves. Ugh. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You know what? That might be the difference is that you probably do more festivals. I don't do festivals anymore. And I think that's, where you meet a bigger slice of the population 
wherever you are. And, and I mostly do it at parties where the people are already kind of inclined towards that kind of thing. You know, the person who hires me is obviously heard of Hannah and she probably hangs out with people who have heard of Hannah. So I think it's oh, just true. the audience. So, mm. so where do you want to go as a Hannah artist? What do you, how do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> do you still see yourself doing henna? Do you want this to be your your career? Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't ever want to stop doing henna, but I am hoping definitely to be doing a lot more makeup too at that point and yeah. to kind of have a good balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's true. When you do brides, you're, you're maybe doing henna on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, but then you know, what do you do on Saturday? Well, you go to the bride's house and do her wedding for her, for her, uh, ceremonies. Right. So you fill up your week that way. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really what I'm in, hoping to do. And yeah, hopefully I, and maybe not even like five years from now, but hopefully six months down the road. I can yeah. do that. So yeah. Yeah. Five years from now, maybe I'll be as good as her in the law. Let's see. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. But you hope sometime in those five years to go and study with him again? Um, practically, it's probably not going to happen because, you, you know, when I went to India, that I was there for almost three months. And the Jeez. only reason that I was able to even do that was because I had just quit my day job. Yeah. And so I wasn't, you know, there was really nothing holding me back. At that yeah, point, yeah, I had savings for my day job. I didn't have a job that I had to get back to, and um, you know, we have our house in India, and I was staying with my relatives um, in the city that her and the law lives in. Right. I mean, so it was something that I was able to do, but I don't think it's something that I can do again because I don't think I can take three months off and survive financially. Yeah, that's huge, and it's just a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I mean. I, I know, and actually, I, my business here took a big hit when I was there for three wow. months, even though yeah. it was in the winter. Yeah. Mainly because I think I was kind of neglecting social media. And oh, yeah. It's hard. Just kind of neglecting everything in general, and I, I really didn't realize how big of an impact that would make. I can't imagine you, of all people, ignoring social media. It's I know, just, right? It's unfathomable. <laughs> Well, so I think I, I mean, once I got back, I sort of had to step up my game because <laughs> you had to make up for my the business time. took a big hit. So. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's funny. And, uh, and are there any other teachers you want to study with? I think I'm really lucky because I've met most of the people um, that I am, like, kind of in awe by. Like, I mean, I met you very early on. I met. <laughs> You know, I met Darcy. I was lucky enough to live with Nita. Yeah. I'm now living with Ravi. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, She's yeah. great. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I've met Debbie. I've taken her classes several times at Spring Fling. Ugh, I've cool. met Nick and yeah. um, taken his class also at Henna Gathering. Yeah. And I think those are, like, all the big people that I wanted to learn from personally. Um I met Kim as well, Kim Brennan. I met her too at Hannah oh, Gathering cool. and there. And even Deb, I I finally got to meet Deb and um, Deb Brommer. Yeah. 
took from her at Windy City Mindy Meet last year. Oh, my God. And Jen and Ken. I mean, like, I think I've kind of met, like, um, even, yeah, Nev also. I met her, too, at oh, Spring yeah. Day. Yeah. Bridget. Um, I really love Bridget, too. Um, Bridget Punceling. Not Bridget. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> The, second, the, one, Bri- the one who was around before I got it. Bridget the, the first, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Isn't she a tattoo artist now? Is that the one who's a tattoo artist? Yeah, she's a tattoo artist yeah. now, but she still does Hana too. Yeah, yeah. I was checking out her website the other day. Yeah. So cool. Oh, maybe um, I should interview her. She's, hmm. Yeah, she's a big um, inspiration for me too. I know, like, I, I really admire her style. And yeah. I met her pretty, um, I met her a few years ago and, I know I got pretty close to her because she was in Chicago. I was in Ann Arbor. It wasn't that far. Oh, yeah. so we've worked gigs together before as well. Yeah. Um, especially when I was trying to move to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> but then she ended up moving to New York and I moved to California. So Yeah. So actually, that's a good segue. Um, who would you like to see me interview? Um. I don't know. Maybe we can get you to interview her in the law. That would be so cool. Yeah, but probably not very likely with the time difference. And in general, he's pretty bad about it. I'll stay up late. I'll get up early. (laughs) I don't care. That would be so cool. We should talk about that. I think that would be really awesome. I don't think he even has Skype, though. Um, I'll see. I'll see if we can arrange something for that. Let's talk. I also don't know how good his English is. Well, maybe maybe we can have you translate. (laughs) We'll do a three-way chat there. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I know the school he teaches at is actually a Gujarati school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. But I don't. That's interesting. Who else? I don't know. Maybe Min. Min White, New Zealand. Speaking of uh, time differences, yeah, that would be cool too. She's such a funny woman too. She really is. Very insightful I, I, I had the pleasure funny. of meeting her at Spring Fling. Aww. Learning from her. And yeah. Ildiko. Oh, yeah. I think, like, I, I know her Polynesian class really helped me a lot. Very cool. Yeah. She's also at Spring Fling. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> I don't you, know. I you've think, met I think so that, many people. It's amazing. I, yeah, I think I, like, I started doing Hana 2007 professionally, and by 2009, I was attending conferences because for me, it was really important that I do believe you have to put an effort into your education. If you want to get better, you have to do yeah. something to get better, right? Yeah, exactly. So 2009 was the first time I attended Spring Fling. And um, it, Spring Fling was that, like, 2009 was the first time that you see a huge improvement in my work from before and after because huh. I learned so much that weekend. Um so that really makes a difference. That really made a difference, yeah. I know, for me. To learn, to to see people like Nita and Debbie and Ildiko and, like, to see yeah. them work in person, Yeah, it was very helpful for me. There's nothing then, like watching another henna artist work. I mean, you can take a class with somebody and that's awesome, but just watching another artist work is just so fascinating. I learned so much from it. Yeah. And I, like... I think after Spring Fling, I was just kind of like addicted because <laughs> I went to Spring Fling 2009, then I went to Hannah Chai in 2009, <laughs> then 
I went wow. to Hannah Gathering in 2010. Uh, I went to Sprinkling again 2011, which was the year that I was on the cruise. And my lucky my mom, I like took her with me. Oh, fun. <laughs> and then 2012, um, I did the Windy City Mandy Meet. So Jeez. like, yeah, <laughs> I guess I like to get around. That's great, though. But and I think that's how you learn and kind of push yourself to get better is by surrounding the people that you want to be like that's and so learning from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then obviously my training with her in the in India, that was. Yeah. But I think also like all of this other work that you did, you know, meeting other artists and learning from them really helped you be in a position to take in his training and his teaching a lot better. Like if you hadn't had that, who knows if he would have made such an impact on you. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Because and I think you learn something from like any from everybody. Like you can learn something from every artist that you meet, even if yeah. they haven't been doing henna as long as you. Yeah, definitely. Because everybody has their own take on it. Everyone holds their cone differently. Yeah. So Harindalal and I couldn't agree on how to like hold our cones. I know oh, really? we both would look at the other person and be like, "Seriously, <laughs> how can you hold your cone that way and do henna?" <laughs> Both said the same words to each other. Like, because yeah. he holds us from like way up at the top. Oh, I don't know how people do that. I don't know either. <laughs> I hold mine from the bottom, and you're yeah. a bottle baby. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm trying to learn to do to use cones, and I keep holding it like a bottle, and I see other people holding it. I don't know, even know how. So I, I don't know. I it's very it like weird. A pen. What? I said I think I hold mine like a pen. Yeah, that's what I do too. It's kind of like the bottle. But I yeah. kind of try and squeeze the cone like I'm squeezing a bottle, and that doesn't really work. Mm. So anyway, I have to just watch more henna artists. I have to do like you did and go to more conferences and hang out with more henna artists and watch them work. Yeah, I think for me it really made a big difference. Yeah. So Harindalal, you want me to interview, and Min and Ildiko. Ildiko's in on the West Coast? Yeah, she's in California. She's more north of here, of where we are, oh, like more okay. north of the Bay Area, I think. Oh, okay. But I really don't know if she's doing henna as much, or yeah, I, haven't seen I don't. Her she seems much. to have kind of disappeared off the grid. Yeah, I remember she used to do those awesome baby bellies, like un- yeah, unbelievable stuff. I think probably the best baby bellies I've ever seen, except Nev's pretty, pretty damn good too. Those. Oh yeah, definitely. I think actually, like lucky me, I had henna on one leg from both of them. Oh god, that's <laughs> I think so perfect. Two thousand, or yeah, I think two thousand twelve. No, I was in India then. Oh. I don't know. One of the years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Too many to remember. Wow. Actually, yeah, it was two thousand ten, because that year I. I I almost freaked out first of all that I was signed up to go to Spring Fling. And my best friend was getting married the weekend after that in Florida, and it was a destination wedding. And of course, I was going to be wearing like a strapless dress because yeah. it was down in Florida. And my best friend is not Indian, so I freaked out. I called her. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm going to have henna on at your wedding because it's not like I'm going to go to Spring Fling and not get henna yeah, by all exactly. these amazing yeah. artists." <laughs> And thank God for me, she was like, Carol, I really don't care. Yeah, she knows because, you by now. <laughs> yeah, because I had Hannah from, like, 
Nita and Justine and Shaista and oh Ravi and Debbie and Ildiko and Nev and like Ugh. I had Hannah from like everybody that was Ugh. probably teaching yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my god, you must look like a patchwork quilt. <laughs> um yeah. I definitely was awesome definitely one. covered up. I think yeah. that's probably the most henna I've ever had on my oh, body. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. No, and you could probably also interview Nita. Yeah. Or Ravi, although yeah. Ravi seems to be so crazy busy. I mean, Nita too, but I know Nita would find time if you wanted to interview yeah. her. Yeah. Got to get people in the off season. Yeah. That's the key. Well, thank you so much for agreeing uh, to be interviewed. I know we talked about it a while ago, and I'm glad it finally happened. I just thought that your story about studying in India was so interesting. I wanted to share that with everybody, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, it good. always is. <laughs> yeah, same here. So next time you're in New York, definitely stop by. We'll, we'll hang out. I know it's not your favorite city, but uh, <laughs> and I hope to make it out to the West Coast sometime. Keep... Uh, keep saying I'm going to so um I'll definitely look you up when I'm out there yeah you better I promise <laughs> you know I am friends with Darcy too so I'll know if you come in I know I won't be able to visit me <laughs> I know I won't be able to sneak into the city and sneak out and no. there's so many other people there now that I know from um meeting them online so I'm gonna have a lot of a lot of people to meet when I'm there so. Yeah. I mean, we can yeah. probably hold a meet up in your honor. So Aww. you just say the word. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll try and make it happen. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again. And um, I'll see you online and hopefully in person soon. Yes, definitely. Okay. Thanks again. Bye, Harold. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the end of my conversation with Harold. And I hope it's one of many. I found Hiro's story of learning Mendy in India is so fascinating, and I really admire her courage to seek out a teacher and open herself up like that. I really don't know if I could do that myself. She's such an inspiration, though. I think she's also a really good reminder to all of us, whatever stage we're at in our henna careers, to seek out teaching and to seek out learning and improving. I will definitely be keeping a closer eye on her work from now on just to see where she goes after this. Interviews like this remind me of how much I love interviewing people and sharing the conversations with you. I really appreciate that you guys listen because it makes it all that much more fun for me. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you get the latest episode as soon as it's released. There are a lot more interviews in the works and one already in the can, so don't miss out on a single episode. Please also leave comments and reviews on iTunes as well as the blog and Facebook page. Your feedback helps me make this a better podcast. Thanks as always to Nash Karam for the photo and to Shlomi Cohen for the theme music. Thanks again for listening to the Caught Red-Handed podcast. Bye. It's really not her dream to ruin somebody's wedding, Hannah. <laughs>